Hey Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. To infinity and beyond. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. I'm your host, Eric Sassman. With me, as always, is the Disney dentist, Dr. Doug. How you doing? Doing good, Derek. How are you? I'm doing great because a couple weeks ago, uh, Shanghai Disney was open to the public. Uh, I've been to Shanghai. It's an incredible city, and now I think you and I need to hit up Shanghai Disney. You know, I don't know what our wives would say exactly about a guy trip, um, but if we just told them we're going to go on a guy trip and don't tell them Shanghai, maybe they'll be okay with it. Yeah, who? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it'd be. I think they would. They would have no idea. We'll say it's for work. It's for the podcast. But I mean, after watching the videos of the Tron Light Cycle ride, which you're on the bike going through, it just looks awesome. Uh, the Disneyland Shanghai Hotel is completely saved the art. I mean, I am really honestly thinking about my trip back to Shanghai just for Disneyland. Yeah, this may become a bucket list type item, and it looks really good. The Tron ride, it looks like I definitely would need an escopolamine patch to make it through that. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean looks like it's on another level, too. And hopefully uh, Disneyland and Disney World are learning from what they do in Shanghai and are able to bring back some of these cool rides and attractions, maybe do some test markets out there and, and, and bring some of these things back so that we who cannot afford the ticket to fly overseas can actually try them out. Absolutely. Hopefully it all kind of trickles down and around and they share and it will all be good. Well, okay, so the goal is rope droppers that in a future episode, who knows, maybe in a couple years, Doug and I are going to fly out to Shanghai and we're going to do a live podcast from the new Shanghai Disneyland. That is our goal. You can help Help us stick to our goal, and uh, hopefully it gets done. What do you think of that, Doug? I think we need a lot of subscribers. Please subscribe. Yeah, please subscribe. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep listening. And the other big news is that the walls are starting to come down at Animal Kingdom, uh, which is great because I'll be heading there in a few months. And the new nighttime safari has launched. It's gotten pretty positive reviews. What have you heard so far? Um, I've heard a lot of really neat things about that evening safari as the sun's setting. Um, the only thing people seem to be complaining about is they can't get good pictures. It's like, well, duh, it's you're taking animals pictures at in night. the dark. So your iPhone's not going to cut it. And it's almost like, did I go on a nighttime safari if I can't tweet about it type of attitude? But no, you went on it. Enjoy it with your eyes. Um, it looks really neat. Now the uh, um, the temporary show over on the other side of the park in the evening, the Jungle Book Alive uh, show may have a longer title than that. That has not gotten quite the same type of reviews, has it, Derek? No, not yet. I, I They still got a lot of tweaks to do. I know uh, to Disney, the Jungle Land movie was so much bigger than they ever expected. Yeah, uh, the, 
Jungle Book really took off with the um, all the animation. It was an amazing movie. Um, but basically, that show is just guys singing on floats. Yep, I think uh, between that and Zootopia, it, talking animals are in right now, and I think Animal Kingdom has a little bit of catching up to do, so hopefully as they keep building their nighttime shows and with Avatar opening up soon, it's just going to be uh, hopefully g- all good from there. I know when we go in either January or February, uh, I'm hoping it's completely done, all the walls are down, and uh, all the bugs are worked out and uh, for us to have a wonderful time. I think you'll be in good shape. I think they'll get it figured out. Because this show in the evening right now, it's just, they've even admitted it's temporary. Um, I think it's only supposed to run until September of 2016. So, should be good. Uh, the other show will come on and hopefully blow us away. Kind of like the first time you saw World of Color, it's just like, wow, that is something different. I'm expecting that type of reaction from the new show down the road at the Animal Kingdom. So, definitely have high expectations. Yep, and those are the two big news stories going on right now within the Disney World community. And today's show I'm really excited about because it's a question that we get all the time. And it is with all the walls and the construction going up at the Hollywood Studios, should I still even go? And you know what? I think you should. I think it's still a great park. Uh, Soon... It's going to become my favorite park because I am a Star Wars fanatic, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But there's still a lot of attractions, a lot of really fun things to do, a lot of great rope drops, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So thank you for joining us at Rope Drop Radio. And Doug, let me ask you, even with all the all the construction walls going up at the studios, what is your favorite thing to rope drop? All right. Well, my favorite thing to rope drop in all of Walt Disney World and actually Walt Disneyland combined, is definitely Toy Story Midway Mania. It is by far away my favorite thing to rope drop, sometimes the most frustrating thing to rope drop, but it's my favorite. I love I love Toy Story Mania. We've rope dropped it uh, before. I always make sure I have fast passes to it. Uh, now it's become a challenge within our family, uh, my wife and daughter versus my son and I, even though he, at last time we went, he was only two. He was still getting points. Uh, it is by far one of the most fun rides. And, and the great news about it is I believe they're adding a full nether... Uh, uh, circuit to it so more people are able to get on this ride. Yeah, they've added a third track. So now instead of just the two tracks, there's three, and it's actually cut the wait times by a third, which you would expect when you add a third track. And it actually happened uh, so far looking at wait times. And yeah, it's one of our family favorites. Uh, Any ride that keeps score and is competition seems to be a favorite of our families. Maybe we're a little too competitive, but it also makes the rewritability of that ride so much higher than the others. You know, every time you go on it's a little bit different. You find different things that you can shoot. And if you don't know what this ride is, it's like a car- uh, midway carnival ride, except you're wearing 3D glasses and you're in a, a vehicle and you go through the different screens and the Toy Story characters interact with you and uh, you throw rings, you throw darts. Um, there's uh, you know, throwing eggs to break plates, all kinds of stuff like that, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I get really competitive, and I think my like 215,000 score is 
pretty good. I try to improve every trip. Um, I don't like to ride with anybody. I'm antisocial on this ride because if there's some stranger sitting next to me when they do the single rider stuff, they steal some of my targets. And nothing makes me more mad when somebody's just randomly taking my targets. I'm okay riding with my youngest, Claire, because... I tell her, like, you stick to your side of the screen. You don't shoot anything on my side of the screen. Otherwise, there's going to be a problem. And she kind of listens every now and then. Um, so, yeah, we get really competitive with it. Well, I love it because I'm, I'm a little bit of a video game junkie. But at the same time, it is a workout. I am dripping sweat by the end of it. I am pulling that trigger a million times a minute. Uh, it's just it's a lot of fun. It, it's a great, probably the best family ride in all all of Disney World and Disneyland. It's at California Adventure as well if you're out in the West Coast. And and just, it's a great ride. And definitely one that you have to rope drop because wait times can definitely add up throughout the day. It's consistently about an hour, um, almost every time of the year. It can get higher at peak times like, you know, Christmas, New Year's, spring break, Easter. But uh, 45 minutes might be the lowest you see. Um, now that's happening a little more often with that third track. But uh, if you want to rope drop it, you got to be serious. You get to the gates an hour before that park opens. Uh, so you're at the front of that line. You get up to the rope. You head there. They walk you to the entrance. It's It can be some pushing and shoving by some people that are not as friendly as others. Um, so us Midwesterners, we kind of get pushed around a little bit, I'll be honest. We don't end up being the first one on. We were the second people on one time. Uh, that was a trip without our kids, though. Uh, but it's, it's rough and tumble right up to it, but it's worth it. Fight through it. Um, but it's not the only rope drop option in the studios. No, and you talk about going without your kids. Uh, one of my favorite Hollywood Studios memory is when my wife and I went and we rope dropped the new rock and roller coaster now it's no longer a new attraction but still one of my most favorite in all of disney world and it's still a great rope drop you go into the park you take a a sharp right you go down to that kind of a colder sack that has tower of terror rock and roller coaster and of course beauty and the beast live on stage and honestly we were able to do all three of those the first hour, hour and a half, the, the park was open. Uh, it's a great little rope drop to hit up that little cul-de-sac and, and rock and roller coaster still to this day. One of the best rides. If you haven't done it, you got to check it out. If you rope drop it um, and you have no interest in Toy Story, really, because you got a fast pass for later and one time's enough for you, which I personally will say that's a little weird if one time's enough. But uh, you rope drop it, um, you go on it twice. You go on it right away, you get right back in line. Um, don't do Rock and Roller Coaster just once. Do it twice right away, and then head over to Tower of Terror. You can get two rides in on Rockin' if you rope drop that. Um, and it's an indoor roller coaster themed with Aerosmith music in the headrest. Um, my kids are Aerosmith fans simply because of a roller coaster, so it's kind of weird, but they love it. Um, and it goes upside down. Uh, we convinced our older two that it did not go upside down. They watched a couple YouTube videos where a guy took his friend on for the first time, and she'd never been on an upside-down roller coaster. She was adamant about, I'm not going upside-down, not going upside-down. The whole way through the line, he's filming, like, no, this one doesn't go upside-down. And he, The people around him in line were all on board with that. Uh, they get off the roller coaster. He's like, so what did you think of that roller coaster? It was great. Can we do it again? She's like, do you think it went upside-down? 
Oh, no, it might have got really close though one oh, time. Oh, it goes upside no. down multiple times. So be ready for that. It's it's a great ride. It is. I love it too. And there and there is one more rope drop at the studios. I want to make sure we talk about because I haven't done it because my kids are not old enough, but your kids are. And it's the uh, the revised Jedi Training Academy uh, that is all Star Wars, all pretty much booked up, right? You got to rope drop it if you have kids in that age range. Yes, depending on the time of year, I will say um, busier seasons like all summer, spring break time, Easter time, uh, Thanksgiving, all the way to Christmas, uh, food and wine festivals, now pretty popular too. It makes the parks full. That's the time of year you have to rope drop it. Otherwise, you may not get in. There's only so many spots for Jedi training, which when they revamped it to coincide with Star Wars Rebels, they added more spaces. So there's now double the capacity, which is great. Um, because Star Wars, let's be honest, has gotten a lot more popular in the last couple of years. New movies, the new cartoons, it's growing. So they double the capacity. So you go down to like the Indiana Jones um stunt spectacular area you get in a line you go in you have to have your child to register them so like you can't send grandma over at rope drop while you go over on rock and roller coaster or on toy story you cannot separate your kids have to go to check in uh they will ask the kids several questions to make sure they're going to be okay standing on stage because if they ask them a question and the kid just freezes and doesn't talk you're not getting in Simple as that. They have to respond to these questions. So you might want to coach them up that they're going to ask them how old they are. Um, they're going to ask them which you, the age range. Make sure they have an answer that's in the age range. And then they're going to ask them, are you comfortable fighting possibly Darth Vader? Uh, which now they replace Darth Vader with Kylo Ren, I believe. Um, so they have to be comfortable being on stage with a bad guy. Or maybe they replace they replace Darth Maul with Kylo Ren. My bad. Yep. Um, but... Uh, with the new Star Wars Rebels, you also have an Inquisitor, and the kids know who the Inquisitor are. The adults are all standing there like, who is this weird person? And let me just say, for the adults standing around me that had children in that show, shame on you for not watching cartoons with your children. I love Star Wars Rebels. In I, fact, that's a show that I watch, and my kids have disappeared, and I'm still watching it. I, I watch it off the DVR the night it records while they're in bed. So I, Oh, you don't I even, have, <laughs> not even with the kids at all. I, I I'm previewing it. I don't I don't even wait for him. Well, talking about Star Wars, I mean the Hollywood Studios is really becoming the Star Wars theme park, and so a couple new things that uh, they are doing that are available now uh, that I I'm so glad I knew about. We went a few months ago. As first the launch bay, which as a Star Wars fanatic, I could have probably spent. Uh, four or five hours in there just looking at all the cool things. Thankfully, I had my kids who weren't as into it, but the launch bay is a phenomenal area. You can watch a movie. You can see all the replicas, buy Star Wars uh, gear and pictures. But probably my favorite part, of course, is meeting Chewbacca and now Kylo Ren. Yep, you can meet Kylo Ren and Chewbacca, and Chewbacca draws a pretty big crowd. It used to be Darth Vader when they first opened. I really don't know why it took them so long to get Kylo Ren in there. But uh, Kylo Ren, um, his meet and greet's not quite as popular. Wait times as Darth Vader. I think because every generation knows Darth Vader. I agree. He's like the ultimate villain. Um, and then every generation also knows 
at the end, he was good. They were still good in him. So he's a villain that you can like. Where Kylo Ren, I mean, we don't know that much about him yet. I, maybe after another movie or two, he'll get huge weights. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah, the launch base, great. Um, my kids wanted to spend a lot of time playing Disney Infinity. And I'm like, guys, we can do this at home. Let's move on. But uh, uh, yeah, all the... All of the different displays and artifacts. I'm kind of a movie nerd a little bit. I get into that. So it was really neat to see. And that's something that the studios started out as. is like a working movie set, TV sets. So there was a lot of TV and movie stuff there when it first opened way back in 89. So it was nice to see a little bit of that come back into the park, actually. Oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, I agree. And, and people might complain that Star Wars is taking over, but, I mean, that's what the studios is all about, was getting these mainstream movies in here, Indiana Jones, getting the animation studio going, and it's just, it's so perfect to me having Star Wars in there. And, and, and I got to tell you, so I've asked my daughter about a million times what her favorite part of our Disney World vacation was, and she has said meeting Chewbacca every single time. Uh, so I got to recommend the launch bay to everybody. It's phenomenal. And, and, and just, just if you're a Star Wars fan, check it out. Another thing that you were one of the first groups to do, I was early on, and a lot of people don't even know that they're doing it, and it is by far the coolest thing is the Star Wars fireworks show. Uh, it, I've been to the 4th of July in New York City, and I got to say the Star Wars fireworks show competes with that it was just that that cool i was in tears as a star wars fanatic at one point a firework blew up the death star and it just was one of the most fun shows and probably my favorite way that i've ever been to a park that is closed if you love star wars if you love fireworks you got to check it out at the hollywood studios i know it would tell me you loved it too you went really early on didn't you yeah uh we did it Right after our Star Wars Day at Sea cruise, we only had two days in the park, and we managed to go both nights. Uh, that We went the first night, and then we're like, well, we're coming back tomorrow. Forget about wishes. We're coming back to watch this. It, we are Star Wars fans, obviously, if we went on a Star Wars Day at Sea cruise. But uh, if the John Williams music doesn't give you goosebumps, I'm not sure if you're alive. And just to see how well choreographed the fireworks were, and they're very close to you in the studios um and so it was real intense we loved it it was a great show now they are changing it they're upgrading it they're going to add a bunch of laser projections onto the chinese theater oh it's going to be evidently amazing and they are moving the fireworks back so it won't be uh, right on top of you which is good because the nights they do the fireworks they have to close kind of the back half of the park like toy story closes early and so it'll be good to be able to allow toy story to stay open all the time because it's an awesome ride but those fireworks are amazing and definitely not something you want to miss and just to kind of tease the future here when we're talking about the launch bay and star wars and the parks we may get one of disney's magic makers on the show down the road a little bit to talk about exactly what's going on in the studios with star wars Oh, that's going to be great having uh, definitely some guests who know a little bit more behind the scenes of what's going on because this is the park that's like crowded mystery right now uh there's there's google earth pictures and people like using long lenses to get little pictures of the millennium falcon and anything they can in that back lot 
uh, with all the construction walls that are up right now. So it, it's going to be great and to have that insider information will be wonderful. And I want to talk a little bit about kind of a lot of people aren't going to the studios as much because with with all the things closing down but let's talk a little bit about what's still there what's still great to tour and uh we were in the animation courtyard which you got to realize is that uh star wars the the bay the launch bay is in that animation courtyard and it's surrounded by the disney junior live stage show as well as the aerial show it to me is the funniest part of the park because you have uh, stormtroopers standing right by Minnie Mouse and Jake and the Neverland Pirates. But those two attractions are still pulling a lot of crowds and are great for little kids, especially my kids' age, the toddlers. Absolutely. It's a great park for toddlers because you got Sophia and Jake, and it's the only place you can meet them. And to a three or four year old, meeting Sophia or Jake is like mind blowingly important. So the studios are still pulling people in. And when we talk about why still go to the studios, what's still there, I teased in the Magic Kingdom episode about what my favorite park was. Well, we're talking about my favorite park. It's been my favorite park since about 2008. It switched from Epcot to Hollywood Studios, and it still is, even with all the construction walls up, because you still have Toy Story, Midway Mania, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower Terror, Star Tours, which has been upgraded 3D, added new uh, scenes from the new movie. They also have Muppets 3D, which is one of the funnier shows uh, ever. Do love the Muppets, absolutely. And it is 4D. There's stuff on the walls, behind you, everything. Um, A huge attraction at the studios is the Frozen stage show, um, the sing-along. And if you go to the park, I thought maybe my girls, they said they were done with Frozen. They were like Frozen hipsters because they met Anna and Elsa before the movie even came out. They're like, yeah, we already met them. They're, they're annoying. Um, so I thought they, they kind of scoffed at going to this sing-along. Well, you look over and my the look on my, I think she was four at the time, her face was just priceless. As a parent, you couldn't ask for anything better during that, it, that sing-along. And it's hilarious too. They really make it funny. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love I love the sing along, and and I gotta tell people like make sure we fast pass the sing along, uh, and it's cra- I mean that place is packed. Everyone, even the Frozen came out a couple years ago. It's still lined up the wazoo. I, I'm glad we got fast passes for it. And you're right. It is hilarious. It was a lot of fun. And my kids absolutely loved it. So that is a huge attraction. It's in the old American Idol building. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has bounced around a couple times, but it is growing. So they got rid of American Idol with the Fox deal going under. And now uh, the Frozen has taken over that stage area. Yep. And Frozen and uh, Disney Junior. Uh, are the only two shows that I would ever recommend a fast pass for. Usually, fast pass is a horrible use for a stage show because there's usually such high capacity. You still have to go early to get a good seat, even in the fast pass area. So, but Frozen and Disney Junior is kind of a priceless fast pass because do you really want to stand in a line that's outside with your toddlers? I mean, let's be honest, nobody oh, wants to yep. do that in Florida. Um, that line is miserable. It's hot and sunny and. Yeah, so fast pass that one, fast pass Frozen, fast pass um, Toy Story. If you got toddlers, that's the way to go. Um, the other things still there are also very family friendly attractions. You have the Voyage of Little Mermaid, as you mentioned in the animation courtyard. A great movie ride, um, Beauty and the Beast on stage, where it's like a retelling of the show. Great 
um, musicians and very talented people in that show. And the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular, which harkens back to the opening days of the park because they're doing, like, this is how movies are made. And my kids love that behind-the-scenes stuff. They love to peek behind the curtain of the magic, and that's what Indy is. I love Indiana Jones. It's one of my favorite uh, attractions there. I'm so glad. There was talk that they were going to get rid of it, but because mm-hmm. right now it's still in demand. And I just found out they rent out that space for uh, meetings and, and corporate events and weddings. So that is not going anywhere right now, even though Star Wars is kind of building all in that area. They are keeping the Indiana Jones stunt show, So, I, which I'm glad because that I think it's funny you mentioned that it's your favorite park. The studios was my favorite park as a teenager, mostly because I love Indiana Jones and and Star Tours, and those two are right there, and I could just I could hop between them back and forth all day long. Yeah, I'm glad it's safe. There was a lot of rumors about where Star Wars was going to go, but it looks like it it's not going to take away Indiana Jones. They also do a lot of cheerleading competitions there, but that's going to move to the ESPN Wide World of Sports. They're building a venue just for that type of thing so um it's possible indy could go away there's another movie on the way if it flops like the last one indy could be on his last leg but i think the studio is going to do a much better job with this indiana jones production than the last one uh yeah i try not to even think about that there, I, I don't even believe there's four indiana jones movies I, well there's four yeah it's I, there. I only believe it's, that there's three in the uh, raiders and The Last Crusade are my two favorite movies, and so it's the odd number. So even number ones, not that great. Odd number ones, let's hope the fifth one uh, kind of goes back to, to where it was because I do love me some Indiana Jones, and that still is one of my favorite shows to see at at the studios and actually all of Disney World, too. I always make sure I check it out. Uh, and, and, of course, you mentioned earlier, and, and I just got to say it, I love the Muppets. I know they are back on ABC a little bit right now, but it's an, it's kind of the older version of the Muppets. That show's been around for a while. Still makes me laugh every time. So if you haven't checked it out or you want some nostalgia, make sure you do the Muppet Show. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, the show on ABC already got the axe. It only made it one season. So that was unfortunate. But they're also going to... They're retooling the uh, Pizza Planet restaurant to be, uh, I believe, Rizzo's Pizzeria, maybe. I think it's still pizza. It would make sense. Rizzo is a is a New York type of – some New York-style pizza in there. But, yeah, so they're going to have a Muppets restaurant coming. So I'd say Muppets is definitely safe with all the expansion. So we've talked about what's still there. Um, I guess we need to address what the walls are blocking us getting to – and it's kind of been a slow process. They've slowly taken away stuff over the last uh, year, year and a half, actually. Yep, and, and right now I think they it's it's safe to say that they are in full construction mode. Uh, I know when I was there in in January, the walls were starting to go up. The back lot back lot tour, uh, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids playground was still going on. That is gone now. The stunt show. Well, that that is gone, and a lot of people are really bummed uh, out about that. Yeah, the lights, motor, action stunt show. Yep. Yeah, my my son. That's the only thing he's really kind of upset about. I'm like, buddy, you've seen it once. It's you've seen it a hundred times. It's cars spinning in circles, going over ramps, and there's fire. And you know, he's an eight year old boy right now, so he is entering the cars over ramps, stuff on fire stage for the next four years, where that's like. 
the best thing in the world. Uh, maybe after like an alien burping in people's face, but uh, you know that's kind of in his wheelhouse. But for everybody else, it's like, man, I don't want to go sit there and watch that show. So, uh, big loss. I don't know. Uh, Streets of America. Uh, let's be honest. It's a it's a really big sidewalk with fake walls. Um, it was awesome for two months of the year. Uh, if we could have two months of the year back with Streets of America when they did the Osborne family spectacle of lights which, which i loved I've, i got oh. to, i got to check those out a few years back and it was just it was mind-blowing seeing all mm-hmm. those christmas lights and, and you're right that is that is the best two months of the year for that part of the park otherwise it's the place you go um if you know there's not a lights motor action show getting out you go to the end of the streets of america to the bathroom because there is a great big huge giant welcome air-conditioned bathroom and while my family was on star tours that that's uh, where i'd go I'd oh go and there's a the coffee bathroom. restaurant i found or a, a coffee mm-hmm. bistro back there that yeah uh, that my, stayed open yep uh, my wife and i like... have visited that many a times because by the time mm-hmm. you get back to that area of the park you're ready for an ice cold coffee yeah and so we also lost the animation academy that was where the star wars launch bay was at and our family loved that we were getting to that age where the kids love to draw um, you get taught how to draw Mickey or Sully and other characters. You can still do that in California Adventure, though. So if you really miss it, just fly west. Um, but to me, the biggest thing they took away with the announcement of what's to come, which we'll talk about here in a minute, but the biggest thing they took away is Star Wars Weekends. Um, yep, I, and uh, which, which I really wanted to check out. Um, I'm sure something big like that is going to come back. Once they get all the the Star Wars experience up and running, yeah. So right now, like the company stance is that hey, we have Star Wars every day now with meeting the characters. You couldn't meet Chewbacca every day of the year. You could only meet him during Star Wars weekends. Well, now uh, you meet him every day. However, Star Wars weekends was more than just meeting characters and more than Chewbacca and Kylo Ren. I mean, there was lots of characters. You had. The regular Disney characters in Star Wars costumes, you had Luke, Leia, R2, D2, C-3PO, Darth Vader, Darth Maul. Um, you had Clone Wars characters like Ahsoka, Rex, and Cody. Uh, oh, Ventress, Asai, I always say her name wrong. The kids always yell at me. Um, so you had Clone Wars characters, and Ahsoka is like our family's favorite character, minus Alden. He could care less. He's like, eh, girls. But she's my favorite character in the Star Wars whole universe. Uh, the reason Ahsoka's my favorite is because without Ahsoka, my daughter probably wouldn't have liked the Clone Wars. And because she fell in love with Ahsoka, she loved the Clone Wars, it trickled down to her little sister. She also loves Padme, the little sister. That's what they were for Halloween when they were little and they picked that. It killed my wife when they didn't pick a princess. But that turned it being a guy trip to Star Wars Weekends into a family trip. So... And that character's there to meet. We can't meet her now. Um, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm jealous I never got to get a Star Wars yeah. weekend. And now I, I'm looking forward to someday doing a Star Wars cruise, Day day at mm-hmm. Sea, of course. Uh, the one you didn't mention that I've heard they still do uh, that I've not run into is Jawas at the studios. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of great things you can do. They trade yeah. anything. Have, have you seen a Jawa at the studios yes. yet? Um, yeah, they're in the launch bay, um, kind of meandering around, um, like in the cantina area, where they have the blue belt you can hold and pose like you're at the bar. Um, they don't trade anything, though. If you ask my children, um, 
My son tried to. We won. Um, we all won Disney Cruise Line keychains for winning a trivia contest. And that was all we had on us. That was shiny. They like shiny things. So my son went to trade it, and so the Jawa, the guy, you know, probably saw it and was like, "Well, I can't hand you a sticker in place of this. What would be a fifteen dollar keychain?" But we had five, and my kids don't have any keys, so. They were like, I don't need this. So they wanted to trade it for whatever the Jawa had. And then when we were on the cruise ship, there was Jawas walking around on that day too. And all we had on us was a bobby pin. And the Jawa wanted to take the bobby pin. So if you ask my kids, they won't trade anything. But everybody else around us seems to get whatever they want traded. So uh, oh, we're yeah, a I've heard, I've heard you've gotten cut in line passes. I've heard uh-huh. you get everything. Yeah. So cool souvenirs. I guess I didn't even see one. I'm bummed out. I'm bummed out because I was like Jawa hunting, and and I guess they just were not around the studios the day we went. Yeah, I think they came out for like 15 minutes and went away. Um, we've seen people trade like park maps and get stuff, and here we are trying to hand them a shiny keychain and like, nope, mm-mm, uh-uh. <laughs> so yeah, Jawas are there, but. Yep. Uh, We'll Hope, see what the future holds. Yeah, hopefully more Jawas, more fun trading. Uh, the one that my kids are really bummed out, I mean, my kids are toddlers, and they've only had one experience with it. I've had more since I grew up with it, is the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids play area is gone, and and it just, to me, was just, I knew it would eventually go, but it always is busy, always full of kids. Mm-hmm. I think as parents, it's just like, gotta gotta let your kids burn off some energy there. Uh, but it's gone, and and a lot of people aren't realizing that, and they're oh okay, because uh, it's kind of nostalgia from when we were kids. Uh, yeah, I know my kids loved it too. But just just to make that clear, that's another another thing that is has gone for Star Wars. It it is the one place on I think the planet Earth that you can fully explain to your children what film is, because the one slide is a film roll like. I think we spent 10 minutes trying to be like, well, that's film from a camera. What? No, it doesn't look like a memory card. Oh, it's film. If it, it, oh, it was a, a great conversation uh, that we'll never have again now. Yep, I know. I, I, I'm, you know, I knew the day was coming that that was going to close, but for some reason, that little attraction made me uh, a little bit more sad because I had so much fun. I remember being nine years old, first time going to the studios, uh, climbing all over that area. I'm glad my kids got to do it once, and they'll never do it again. But let's let's st- stop time. We'll be sad. What is to come? Studios, a lot of construction. Well, I've said it many times. What's to come? It, it's probably got the most changes of any park coming right now. Everyone knows Star Wars, but what is in detail with that? All right, well, Star Wars, they're, they've been kind of shady on the uh, the exact thing. So we know that uh, Star Tours is staying, and there's going to be uh, some sort of Millennium Falcon ride, if I'm correct. Um, you know, we don't know a lot of exact details. I think there's a restaurant. Hopefully there will be character dining. Because uh, they did some character dining during Star Wars weekends, and it was awesome. So I, they've said that it's not going to be um, staffed by cast members, but by inhabitants or something like that. So the cast members are going to be like in costume, like possibly full body paint. Like they may be orange or green. Who knows? Um, but yeah, they're 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 being smart. They're not giving us too much. To where when it comes out we'll be like, hey, where's this? Um, so 
it looks amazing, the artist's renderings, but the artist's renderings always look amazing. Well, I know, and, and what's the neat thing about it all in, in is that uh, I've, I've gotten to go to Diagon Alley at Universal Studios, and I know the team that was working on Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars experience, uh, did the same thing, and they saw what the what Universal Studios did, and they went back to the Disney boards and said, "We need to go above and beyond this." And so I know they put even more money mm-hmm. into the the studios, into the Star Wars experience, and and they're not. You're right; they're not really sharing a lot. I've seen the renders as well. They have a uh, supposed to be like a full Millennium Falcon, a really cool ride. But they really the whole idea is that when you go to the Star Wars experience you are you're there you're in mm-hmm. a long time ago in a galaxy far far away you are in the star wars universe and and i'm i'm really excited about it it's funny because i see twitter i see uh, uh google news every time anyone gets a good shot of a good piece of star wars uh memorabilia or anything going into that park it, it goes viral instantly so people are excited yeah a lot going on and they also said that it's not going to be a planet that's been visited in yep. any of the movies. So that frees them up to do whatever they want, and uh, the fanboys can't say, hey, this person does not come here or anything like that because um, I'm kind of a, a nerd with Star Wars. And when they added Kylo Ren to um, Jedi training, Trials of the Temple, which is based off Rebels, it, it doesn't sit well with me because Kylo Ren is – not even close to alive yet. Um, Kylo Ren's parents haven't met yet. Kylo Ren's mother is a teenager at the time of Star Wars Rebels. So let's let's just hold off on sticking a character into a dream sequence just because. So by having it be a planet that no one's ever visited, there's no storyline attached to it. So they're free to let things happen um, the way they want to have them happen. Yep, which will be really great. Uh I know personally, my wife and already and I decided that we're not going to go opening weekend. We're going to get a few months to work out the kinks, but we will be there at least six months after all the walls come down. In fact, I think we do Shanghai, and then we do another trip to the studios after Star Wars opens up. That that sounds like a plan. I'm I'm sure my wife will go along with Shanghai. I don't know. I I kind of want to visit Tokyo Seas first, but hey. Uh, that's a whole other episode, bucket list stuff, right? So, but uh, there we go. Uh, th- I like that uh, an episode where we just talk about our dreams of what parks we want to do and and all the Disney stuff we want to do. Yep. So and Star Wars is not the only new stuff coming to the studios. No, one of my. I mean, what's great about the studios? You said it earlier. Is it is a great theme park for toddlers. I have mm-hmm. uh, a four and a three year old at the time. They were two and just barely four. And uh, when we went to the studios with them, and it was perfect. You have Disney Junior, you have Ariel, and now you have the store, uh, Toy Story Expansion Land coming uh, to add on to your favorite ride, Toy Story Mania. Yep, that's partially why they added the third track. They're going to flip around the entrance into um, Toy Story Midway Mania. So where you come in now would be the back wall. I think that whole corridor is going to just be gone. That's going to be for... You know, staff only, cast members only. Um, so on the back side of that, where part of the backlot um, tour was taking place, or the shell of what was left of the backlot tour, to be honest, that closing was not a big sad moment for us because um, it used to be great, and, and now it's not. 
But so you're also going to have a slinky dog coaster, and then you're going to have this spinner ride with aliens and saucer. There's a little green alien guys. So if you've been to Disneyland or watched a YouTube video of Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, just imagine that with flying saucers and green aliens. And there you go. That's the ride you're going to have, which has a height requirement. So when we're talking toddlers, we're talking older toddlers, probably three-year-olds. Um, this will be really good for your three-year-olds. Um, they should be able to get on that ride. And then the Slinky Dog, not sure what a height requirement will be that, for that coaster. But I would imagine something like um, the Mine Train, where it's less than 40, uh, maybe not quite Barnstormer, but right in between like the Mine Train comes in at. Yep, I, I know. It, really exciting to keep boosting that age demographic at the studios, getting more. I mean, you, you got Frozen, you have Disney Junior, and now Toy Story, already huge hit. They have a fourth film coming. I think it's just going to be a perfect part of this expansion. So it's not just the Star Wars theme park. It's also the perfect Disney park for the younger audience. Mm -hmm. And I think that area um, will hopefully open a little bit faster than the Star Wars. Star Wars is going to take a while because it's a lot of new stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if the Millennium Falcon, you talked about Shanghai and maybe them bringing some of that technology over. I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of like the Tron coaster type thing. They do that with the Millennium Falcon. Maybe they retool that to be, I don't know, just just thinking out loud there. But All uh, I know is I'm going to geek out the whole time and it will be one not only that I have to get a fast pass for, I will probably rope drop it, fast pass it, and somehow I was standing a, a three-hour line to ride it for a third time. What else are you going to do for three hours, right? You can only eat so many cupcakes. So you go on it, you get your cupcake, get back in line. Yep, that's and, the rules and, and the actually, that's another. We haven't talked food a lot, and we'll get into that into another one. But uh, I've already heard a lot of great rumors about some, of, not only the restaurants, but a lot of they're bringing a lot of Star Wars food into the parks. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that is still being discussed right now, but they will have the full cantinas, uh, restaurants, uh, and it just that will be a lot of fun for the studios. Um, I'm sure Blue Milk, uh, whatever mm -hmm. Luke was drinking, and yeah, uh, you got. Yeah, I have blue, the Banta milk. Um, the one thing that kind of disappointed me with all the expansion announcements was the fact that they called it a Toy Story Land because that locked them into only doing Toy Story intellectual property stuff in there. And I would have really loved Pixar, Pixar Land, because then we could have gotten some Monsters, Inc. type stuff or uh, Bugs Life, Nemo. I, I know those are sprinkled throughout all the parks, but anything new could have went right in there um, and fit thematically rather than shoehorning something into Epcot Future World and making everybody go, ah, Epcot was supposed to be educational. Now it's a talking turtle. No, I, and I agree with you because I've been to Disneyland. California Adventure has got the Cars area, and whether you like the movie, we love it as a family. Mm -hmm. But it's just that area blew my mind because I felt like I was in Radiator Springs. And I know out west they have the Bugs Life area. And even though that movie is really old, uh, it was, my kids absolutely loved it. And so oh. you're right. It's 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 it definitely pitches them into staying within the Toy Story uh, genre instead of Pixar. But they are doing a lot of Pixar things at other theme parks. I know mm -hmm. Merida's got a great little area at uh, at the Magic Kingdom. Yep. And and they're just continuing to build. I mean, Pixar is its own brand now. In fact, Finding Dory coming out. 
uh, a great movie as well. I'm sure they'll have even more Nemo stuff uh, coming along in the next couple of years. Absolutely. That's kind of me being nitpicky, but it, the uh, when you're talking about the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I was always surprised. Like I remember in 2008 when we were there with our oldest was then just about to turn three. I was like, how is this not Bugs Life yet? Why is this still Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Why is this why is Flick not standing here? So I said that in 2008, and it, you know, eight years later, it was still Honey, I Shrunk the, the Kids. So uh, maybe they knew all along it was just going to go all the way to the wayside. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they knew. They know a lot better. I, from what I understand, Disney execs have their parks mapped out for the next 20 years. And so uh, they, they know better than us because we keep spending money to go there. And here we are uh, talking about them on our podcast on Rope Drop Radio. Uh, so anything else? We're kind of running out of time here for today's episode. But we really, through this, wanted to make sure you understood that the studios is still a great park. Uh, it's one that we both enjoy. And, and there's still a lot of great things to do. We didn't even talk about Fantasmic. I know. I was uh, just thinking... We talked about so much stuff, and we even left out the nighttime spectacular that is Fantasmic, which tells you how much there is still to do there. Yep, and and we, you know what? I just did Fantasmic. I still love it. I remember as a kid, and even this day, still gives me chills. And and I know my my the best part is my kids. My favorite thing is is Disney has this kind of big thing about having characters interact with each other. They won't let uh, characters, but at the one boat at the end of Fantasmic, there's all the princesses in blue and Pinocchio, and they're all in one boat together. And it's like the one time they're okay with it. And and my daughter at four years old just absolutely went berserk seeing all of her favorite characters all on one boat together absolutely it's a it's a good show it's one of those that we don't see on every trip but i think if we went once every two years once a year we'd probably see it on every trip absolutely it's still a great show it's still there it's not going anywhere um who knows maybe they'll throw some star wars in there eventually but uh you know it's still a great park the studios we still recommend it and uh, hopefully you learned a little about a uh, little bit about today i know we're going to go more into uh food and different things you can do in that and even more fast pass strategies in future episodes but studios i love it it's still doug's favorite park i didn't know that mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and and it was mine it's bounced around a couple times but i know for 100 percent once star wars launches it will be back to being my favorite park absolutely it, it's going to be amazing Thank you so much for listening to Rope Drop Radio. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Thank you so much for subscribing and downloading. Uh, we are well over 500 listeners right now, and we are just so grateful for all of you. So continue to tell your friends and talk about us, and we just love talking Disney. So for Doug McKnight, the Disney dentist himself, and myself, Derek Sassman, you've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.